0: welcome to the bravo papers a safe space for all us bravo fans who love to analyze deconstruct and talk about our favorite bravo shows ad nauseum there's no such thing as overanalyzing or reading too much into your favorite bravo shows and bravo liberties here so join me bravo and botox as i find the depth amongst the shallow Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bravo Papers, Bravo Weekly News. So, I'm getting over this illness. You might be able to hear it in my voice. Um, I know I said I wouldn't get this episode out till like Tuesday or Wednesday. I was feeling really bad on the weekend and you know, I, I really took a turn today, today being Monday. So I decided I was going to record because, you know, I stayed home anyways from work and I was getting kind of bored. So yeah, here I am recording. Um, you know, I was losing my voice on Saturday and then Sunday, it was like pretty bad and still pretty bad. And then today it's much better So I'm glad, you know, I just, you know, like you wake up and you're like, okay, today's the day I'm like on the mend. So that was today. So I'm sorry if I'm like sniffly or congested, you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay. Cause this is me take it or leave it. Um, I also have my tea, which I may have to sip on. Um, I can't pause it every time I need to take a sip of tea, even though I know it's annoying because I find, I don't know why, but for some reason when I pause it and then restart recording, I sometimes get this weird like thumping noise in the background, which I thought was because of another reason, but now it seems like that's the reason. So, you know, I'm scared to stop. Okay. So this is how it's going to go. You're going to have to listen to me Drink my Tim Hortons. I'm being very stereotypical Canadian right now. It's a steep tea, extra large, steep tea with one milk. That's what I got. I brought my daughter to school this morning, picked it up, got home, took one Advil and one Tylenol because the thing that's really like lingering is like these like body aches, which I hate like, I can't stand that. And I had like a headache. I was like, oh. So I got home and then I was like, okay, you know, I called in sick to work because I am sick. And yeah, I feel so guilty about that. Is that just me still? Even after the pandemic, I still feel guilty. <coughs> Excuse me. I still feel guilty missing work, even when I'm like legit sick. So I stayed home. And uh, I was like, okay, you know what I could do now? Sit in front of the fireplace, which I did, and type out the Bravo news. That'll make me feel better. And it did. I didn't think about the illness the whole time. So that's good. Um, Before we start, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, Five-star ratings are greatly appreciated. I'm on YouTube, Twitter, X, Instagram, and join my Patreon. $5 a month gets you four extra podcasts a month, and I'm going to be on my Patreon this week. I'm going to be going through all the Bravo shows that are on right now and giving my rating of them, because now I think they're all far enough into the seasons that I can kind of, like, make an assessment, Um, and then I'm also going to talk a little bit about Paris and Love and my thoughts about Kathy Hilton. So it's going to be, you know, I have thoughts. Um, and for those of you who are dying for the next Richard Sisters episodes, it's coming. I know I said November. I'm the worst. It's just I I rewatched seasons one and two, and this is how long it took. OK, so I I'm finally I'm done with seasons one and two and I have all my notes and I'm ready um, because like. I need at least two seasons to talk about to really get any good, like, analysis on Kyle and Kim. There's a lot of Kyle and Kim in Seasons 1 and 2. So, yeah, definitely Seasons 1 and 2, you know, I'm going to dive right into. And I'm also going to talk about Kathy Hilton and on Paris. Sorry, I like coughed slash hiccuped. I don't know what that was. And then Kathy Hilton on uh, Paris and Love and how I think that ties into some things. Although I might save that for a later part. So I think what I'll keep doing is like, you know, rewatch a couple seasons, do the next one because like there is a lot of content. Um, You know, there's a lot to go through. So that one's coming. I'm going to have it out before Christmas. It's going to be like a happy holidays, my gift to all of you. And uh, I think you're going to like it because there was a lot of interesting stuff, like little things that, you know, unless you're really like really, really, really looking, which I am because I'm doing this special episode, you, you know, might go by the wayside or you may just not notice like that I didn't even notice. And I've rewatched Beverly Hills like multiple times, as embarrassing as that is. It's not my most rewatched Housewives show, but it's up there. It's definitely up there. Okay, so speaking of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, wait, sorry. It is Tuesday, December the 5th, and I'm here to bring you your Bravo breaking news. There was kind of a lot this week. You know, it's like things kind of feel dead on social media for some reason, I think because of, like, the holidays, like, people are maybe doing less. Like, I've noticed, you know, not as much um, people posting and stuff like that. I don't know. It just seems a little bit more dead. But that being said, there's still a lot happening. So let's start with um, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, since we're kind of on that topic anyways. So Kyle Richards posted this whole like repost from a therapist and said, you know, basically like, this is what I was going through on the show and this therapist, the way that they analyzed me and whatever is, is right on the money. So let me read you what it says. Okay. So I saved it here. So... This is what the therapist wrote. This is my intuition about what is happening with Kyle. I believe she experienced depression and anxiety following the suicide of her best friend, Laureen. This loss was significant, etc. And I'm just going to sum it up for you guys. I'm not going to read everything. But basically, I believe Kyle is experiencing survival, survivors, guilt and carrying shame blame that isn't hers to carry. Um, after this loss, I believe she expected emotional support from Mo that he was incapable, unwilling to provide. And this left Kyle feeling disappointed, resentful, betrayed. Um, Kyle felt so many intensely painful and scary emotions that she realized she needed to do something with it. And she desperately wanted to avoid unhealthy coping mes- mechanisms due to her family history of addiction. Um, then, you know, she goes on about the addiction stuff. Um, and that, you know, Kyle's committed to addressing her emotions in a healthy manner. That led her to step away from alcohol. For years, she was an empathetic witness to her sister's alcohol addiction. And I think she consciously wanted to do things differently. Okay. Facts: Society is obsessed with alcohol too. Living with alcoholism in the family tends to change your perspective. The over, over focus about Kyle not drinking is insanity. If someone else's behaviors around alcohol is a problem for you, that's a you problem. Um, I think this is the first time in Kyle's life that she's living for herself. Initially, she lived for her mom and sisters, then her husband and children. Now it's time for Kyle. Personally, I'm here for it and wishing her nothing but love, support, and success. I mean, so of course Kyle would repost this because it's a glowing review. Now, I, at the least, I think this person is a Kyle fan. So yes, you can. they can be a therapist and they can be giving their analysis. They can also have a bias towards Kyle and like Kyle. To say that Kyle has been empathetic towards her sister's addiction issues is a bit of a stretch. I would not say that. And I would say that the way that she's dealing with Sutton's alleged drinking problems or whatever shows an even bigger lack of empathy towards addiction. So I, that I find very puzzling. And I would think that they would notice that So I don't know. Like, I just, I disagree with that. And that's fine. We're allowed to disagree. So, you know, she can have a different perspective than me. The, I think the maybe most puzzling part is that, okay, so Kyle picked up on this. So I don't know if the therapist tagged Kyle. So that's a possibility. But, you know, Kyle says, like, this is really what I was going through, which, okay, great. I can see that. I think a lot of people have seen that. I've kind of seen people discussing this like, oh, Kyle's like, like the idea that Kyle's gone through something because her friend committed suicide and that's what led to a lot of these changes. I've seen that theory on, I've seen somebody talk about it on Twitter. I saw someone post about it on Reddit. Like this isn't the first time I've seen it. Now maybe it's the first time Kyle's seen it, so that's fine. But the whole idea that like you know, this explains everything is, in Kyle's perspective, is crazy to me. This doesn't explain anything, Kyle. Like, yes, it explains maybe why you've adapted this new lifestyle changes, etc. And it explains some of the trauma, etc. that you've gone through. Yes, there's that. But what about the marriage, Like this doesn't, I don't know. This doesn't, yes, it might explain maybe Mo wasn't there for you. But I think, you know, everyone suspects that there's more than that. And that, you know, there's cheating or infidelity or something like that. And you haven't still addressed that. And if it's just a matter of like, okay, you know, I went through a hard time, or I'm going through a hard time, and my husband doesn't know how to support me. That's the kind of thing that that's valid. And that's the kind of thing that like, you know, you can go to couples therapy, and the therapist can help you can help the spouse learn how to support a spouse who's going through something like this, or who's lost someone to suicide, right? It's, Unless maybe they did, I don't know, but we haven't heard anything about that. Again, this is the problem, is, like, Kyle kind of wants to share, but not share enough. And then she shares at these, like, very random times and moments, and and it's, you know, we're all, like, trying to piece it together like a puzzle. She keeps saying, like, she's been going through this, her and Mo are having a hard time, but it's not specific. Nothing is specific. Now, this post from this therapist is much more specific, but it's hard to believe that that's the only thing, because this is a 20 plus year marriage with four children. And as a person who's married for, you know, only eight years with one child, that would, that's a huge decision to make. And I say it's even bigger for them. Um, because they are so intertwined in terms of business, financials, just everything. So I don't know. It's hard for me to believe that just him not being capable of supporting her is the sole reason. And, you know, and then we're hearing from, like, Kathy Hilton and others that, like, oh, yeah, it's definitely over and she's never going to take him back. So there's got to be something else, Kyle. I just, I can't believe that that's the only thing. And I'm not, again, I'm not downplaying that as like not a serious thing. It is. I just, it's just a little, like, I just hate how Kyle's like giving herself a pat on the back for sharing this with all of us. When, This is an analysis that a lot of fans had kind of made and a lot of people thought about already, and that doesn't change anything. You're still not telling us on the season when it was filming, you're still not really being open and honest about why you are ending a 20 plus year marriage. Like, I don't know. Then she says, you know, please click on this and swipe through these posts. Everyone knew I was dealing with this. For whatever reason, it wasn't shown on camera yet. This will be addressed very soon. Okay, so it was addressed on camera. It just hasn't come up yet. However, I do believe Mo tried to be there for me, although I'm not sure anyone knew exactly how. Okay, so that sounds very forgiving. So I do believe Mo tried to be there for me. So again, this doesn't explain then why this would be the reason you're getting divorced. Like just this? There must be something else. There must be, I woke up and realized I don't love this man the same way. I've changed. Okay, that's, anyone can leave a relationship at any time for any reason, okay? Because it's a free country and none of us should be chained to someone if we no longer love them or whatever. If that's the reason, then Kyle should say that. Or explain it, or if it's that there's infidelity, and this time she can't get over it, then, you know, you're on the reality show, unfortunately. So I don't know. It's just like I just found this post, like the post from the therapist was, you know, was thoughtful, and analytical, and all that. I have no issue with that, albeit maybe a little bit you know, standing Kyle slightly, a little bit like Kyle bias, which that's fine. Um, However, like Kyle sharing this and like kind of leaning on it as like, oh, this explains everything, guys. I have nothing else to answer for is a little like "Mm," for me. I don't think it does what Kyle thinks it does. And based on the comments and how, how people are responding to it. I think, I, I, I don't think Kyle's getting out of the hot seat anytime soon, let's just say. The other thing is like, why does Kyle always need someone else to articulate who she is and what's going on with her? Like, it's like, if this is what you're going through, then you say it. Like, it's like she's so scared to own anything in, like, a real specific way. Everything is, like, vague and danced around. And, and I guess that's because that's how her and her sisters do it. And they've all been like that. Like, maybe they just don't know any other way to be. But I don't know. Like, I don't see Kyle... Like, I don't see a lot of growth. I see physical Improvement health and wellness in terms of like physical body, you know, the quitting drinking, her exercising, good for her. But I don't see like mental um, improvements. That's just my opinion. Like, I think she's kind of stagnant actually, (laughs) or even regressing. Like, I see a lot of regressing. So, Anyways, I'm going to talk more about that on the Patreon. Um, So if you like that kind of stuff, you know, I have more thoughts about uh, what's kind of happening behind the scenes and my analysis of it. But um, yeah, I will definitely have more to say about that. So if you're interested in that, join the Patreon and you'll be supporting me as a content creator and you'll get to hear more. Unfiltered thoughts. Okay. Let's go on to Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I'm going to take a sip of my tea now. So, okay, I want to first address that Monica commented on a Bravo content creator at Sutton's Roller, who's one of the, who's a person who I often use their tweets in my Twitter roundups. Um, and they put up a post where they were just like, here's the different Salt Lake City houses. And they showed all the houses of the different Salt Lake City housewives. There was no shade. There was like, I saw it before Monica had commented on it. It was literally like, here's the houses from this season. And then they had like, you know, attached, like pick all the pictures. I did not take that as shade. Monica did, apparently, which I think she's, I don't know, that kind of bugged me. I feel like she's being a little like, I don't know, brin or whatever with it. Like she commented and she's like, not everyone can afford a blah, blah, blah house and and, dah, 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 dah. and I was like, listen, I like Monica. I like her on the show as a housewife. But, you know, you don't need to comment on every single post about you. Like I've said this before about Bravo liberties, like, just, there comes a point where you have to just let the fans be the fans. Like, go on social media and spar with your castmates. That's fine. But don't go on and start nitpicking and bothering content creators. Like, and even, like, the Sutton's Roller account, like, replied and was like, I didn't mean that as shade. I was just showing everyone the different real estates. Like, she didn't say anything, or he or they did not say anything about, like, look how crappy Monica's house. Like, there was nothing. It wasn't even, like, that popular of a post. Like, it wasn't like it had gone viral. I don't know. It was just weird to me. Like, I was kind of like, Monica, maybe just, like, put your phone down. Like, go, like, touch grass or whatever Gen Z says. Um, Okay, so Heather also, in other Salt Lake City news, Heather said in an interview that she doesn't think she can ever film again with Monica after the reunion. Oh, fuck off. Okay. Heather, too bad. Too bad. Like, just too bad. Go cry. Go write about it in your diary. I don't know what to tell you. Like, Monica has breathed new life into this franchise. She's brought this franchise from, like, one of, in my opinion, the worst franchises to the best. Not just one of the best, possibly the best right now. So get over it. And yeah, figure it out. You're gonna have to figure... There have been much worse things than someone suing someone for botched Botox or whatever. There have been much worse things in Housewives that people have got past. Okay? Like way worse. I mean, like, look at like the shit that like Teresa and Melissa have gone through back and forth over the years. And yes, I'm aware that they're not talking right now, but for the most part, they've actually like they had like a good few seasons in a row where they were able to like keep it together. There's been way worse. There's been like Candy and the like Portia Phaedra of it all where like I understand Phaedra left. Now, that was a reason for somebody to leave and not film with someone, okay? But even Candy, like, Portia, in my opinion, was just as much a part of that and just as guilty as Phaedra. I still, to this day, think she got off way too easy, but that's another topic for another day. But, you know, Candy still filmed with her. Like, there's just been so much worse, so I don't care. Get over it, Heather. Um, Heather also admits that she's on Ozempic. Which, thank you for admitting it, Heather. We appreciate that. Um, but that she hasn't gotten like big results. She's been on it for a while. She's lost like I don't know five pounds or something. <laughs> like, um, so I don't know. If I was her, I'd go off it. I mean, if you're not, if you, if the most you've gotten in like six months or more is like five pounds, like you could do that. Just you know, by counting calories or something, like without maybe having this medication that you don't need to take. But I don't know, maybe she has other reasons and she does need it for other stuff. Um, Either way, you know, we appreciate that somebody is finally admitting it. Okay, let's go into something that's a little bit more serious, um, which is Lenny versus Lisa. God, this divorce is, like, exhausting. It's like, we are, like, we are part of this divorce, the audience, and I kind of wish we weren't. Um, But Lenny is now suing Lisa for defamation of character over domestic abuse allegations. So, okay, so Lenny did this whole post with, like, supposedly credible forensic pathologist letter, you know, saying that he did not abuse her and, you know, the bruises from something else and all this stuff. So... First, he's got this whole, like, rant about how he's opposed to any forms of violence. And then he says, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's boring and just BS. But he says, I have retained an attorney and filed a lawsuit to protect myself against this defamation. A highly credible forensic pathologist already investigated the case and confirmed that Lisa did not get the bruise as a result of any alleged violent dispute. Okay, here's the letter. Re, so he said, Re, your wife's photo found by searching for Lisa Hochstein on Google. Um, The person in the photo is a 40 ish white female with two bruises. So apparently, forensic pathologists say 40 ish in their letters. Seems a little unprofessional to me, whatever. Um. Okay, telling the approximate age is possible from the color. It would have been helpful to have a grayscale, which is absent. Okay, fresh bruises are red and purple. Blah blah blah. I see no edge discoloration. Thus, this is a fresh bruise, meeting less than six, 36 hours old, measured from when the photo, from when the photo taken. Another uh, error. Um, there are two bruises, one on the back of her hand, one on her proximal upper arm. The upper arm bruise is linear, meaning whatever caused it was linear, a bat, and edge of a stair are all possible causes. These injuries are conclusively not defensive wounds. Defensive wounds consist of injuries to the little finger side of the forearm. And then there's no space. Neither of these bruises are of the little finger side of the forearm. You have told me that Mrs. Hochstein is right-handed, as 85% of the U.S. population is. These are not the kind of bruises seen in physical altercations or spouse abuse. They are consistent with a fall into stairs. Okay. First of all, I have heard that this forensic pathologist is not highly credible and is actually known to be a quack. And one who can be easily paid off. I have heard that through just the grapevine and social media. Second of all, she never said that they were defensive wounds. Like, she never said that. If anything, these are offensive wounds because he attacked her. I don't know what that means. These are defensive wounds. Like, I guess... Saying like, okay, she got this bruise because she was defending herself from him. Like, I, okay. Then on top of that, he says this, these are consistent with a fall into stairs or a bat. Okay. So could Lenny not have pushed her into stairs or used a bat? Like, how does that prove anything? And then he, and then for him to say, these are not the kind of bruises seen in physical altercations or spouse abuse. so so it's not spouse abuse if they use a bat or if they push you into the stairs. Like what? And on top of that,, um, in physical altercations, a physical altercation can involve a weapon. Like, I get it. That's like assault with a weapon is different than like punching someone, I guess. If anything, it's worse though. In a lot of a lot of people would say it's worse. So, like I'm just like okay, like it's just the whole thing is stupid. Like nothing in this letter proves anything. If anything, it just makes it all worse. It just makes it seem like okay, Lenny used a weapon against her or pushed her into a staircase or something, which is just as bad. Like, does he, is he, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around because he's a doctor. Is he this dumb that he thinks that this letter from this guy who's known to be a quack, that this letter with 40-ish and missing words and sentences and clearly was not proofread, that this looks good for him? Like, give me a break. Like, this is, and, and I also saw, like, a lawyer commented on one of these posts and was like, basically, you could pay anyone to write letters like these at any time, and it means nothing. So there's that, too. So get a life, Lenny. And he's he's a dumbass for doing this defamation thing. Because, like, I don't think that Lisa would make this up, especially at this point into the divorce. So now you're going to say that she is making up stuff about domestic violence. Who knows what else she has? She might have other pictures that she's kept for, you know, just a time like this. And if they do have to go to court, like, I don't know. This guy is just, he's just the worst. Okay, let's talk about something a little more fun. So the Variety Women Gala happened. So that was where they had all like the most powerful women in uh, reality TV. And Tamara posted a picture of her and Teresa. And as you know, there's been like a sort of... It's been a little bit of a one-sided feud because, I don't know, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And it just seemed like Tamara was like trying to get attention on social media, which Tamara does that. Um, And then... Tamara just kept like bringing up Teresa and Louis like over, you know, when it wasn't really like she wasn't even a part of it. I don't know. It was weird. And I guess she posted now a picture of them and was like, it's all good. I was like, okay. Okay, Tamara. Like Tamara's so, she'll just like, I feel like she's trying to find this like balance between like her podcast and like being in with, like, the popular housewives or the housewives that she sees as, like, the the powerful ones. And I think she just kind of realized that, like, this situation wasn't this beef, quote-unquote, that she kind of forced people kind of saw through it because she was getting a lot of criticism online. Like, people are like, why, like, why are you even, where did this even come from? Like, you know, why are you, like, why do you have a problem with her? You, like, you you know, just out of nowhere, it seemed like, and you keep talking about her over and over again, like it's coming off kind of thirsty for attention. So I feel like now she's like, no, 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 we're all good, guys. We're like friends now, you know. So that's how it feels. Um, So Kathy Hilton had her Christmas holiday party and it was like, you know, sponsored by DirecTV. So I don't know how much control Kathy had of like the guest list. But there was a lot of Bravo people there, including all three Richard sisters. So it was nice to see them all back together. Um, James and Allie from Vanderpump Rules, um, Terry and Heather Dubrow, Gertie, uh, Emily Simpson. So I'm assuming Gertie and Emily's husbands couldn't make it because um, they were riding solo. Brock and Sheena, Crystal and Rob. Um, and then a bunch of people from Salt Lake City. So there was Mary Cosby, Angie, Whitney, Meredith Marks, right? They were all there. Um, But just those four. So no Heather, no Monica, Teresa Judice, and Louie, Larsa and her guy. What's his name again? Marcus. Um, Katie Maloney as well. And Olivia from Southern Charm, who I was like, she must have been like, I don't know. If I was Olivia, I would have been like, this is like a dream. Because Olivia's like the newest, kind of. And yeah, no, she's the newest. And she's like young and she's only been on Southern Charm for a little bit. And she hasn't even been like a star, like key player until really this season. Because I think this was a little bit of like a pity. Sorry if you could hear my Kleenex on the mic, by the way. It's just like the nose is very runny. Hang on. Um. So she, you know, I think because like, she, you know, her ex and her friend hooked up and it's sort of like a min- very mini watered down scandal. And I think because and of course, like her brother passing, I think. You know, she's getting a little bit more attention right now, which is fine. Like she, you know, she deserves it. And, um, yeah, I think that's part of the reason that, you know, Direct T V would have put her on the list and she's probably like, holy shit, I'm went from like being this like regular average girl in, you know, um, Charleston to like being at Kathy Hilton's house. I don't know. I wouldn't think so. I think the rest of them are like kind of used to more of that, you know, like they've done that kind of stuff. Um, You know, they've done more like, quote unquote, big shot stuff. But I think Olivia is the one to me that stood out. And maybe Allie too. James's Allie. I could see that too. It looked like a great time. Like, I wish I was there on the wall so I could like hear everyone's conversations. Um, Then there was an after party at Crystal's which included Brock and Sheena, Meredith and Seth, uh, Emily Simpson, Larsa and Marcus, and Teresa and Louis. And then there were other people there, but I didn't recognize them. Like, I literally just pulled out the Bravo people that I recognized. Um, Kind of related to this, Kathy Hilton revealed that she got basically an apology from Lisa Rinna, And that she sent her, like, a big bouquet of flowers, they spoke on the phone for 20 minutes, and all is good now. Of course, of course Lisa Rinna did that, because she's not on the show anymore. Like, we all know, like, everything Lisa Rinna ever did was all for the show. Like, Lisa Rinna is, like, I know, like, Erica likes to say, like, I'm a showman, but, like, actually Lisa Rinna is a showman. Um, And she's willing to throw anybody under the bus, her friends' sisters, her best friends, like she'll do anything for like 15 minute more minutes and more money. So I could see that like now that they're both off the show, like I could see Lisa being like, yeah, I should probably apologize. <laughs> um, Kathy and Paris, by the way, were on Watch What Happens live, and they were asked if they were surprised by Mauricio and Kyle's split. And I thought their answers were like kind of interesting. So Kathy says yes, but it takes her a long time to answer. Like, she really thinks about that. And to me, that's not an answer that you should really have to think about. Like, if you were surprised by it, then you just say yes. But she's like, hmm. And then she kind of like stares into space for a minute. And then she's like, Yes. And then she kind of gives a little spiel. And then she goes, Yes and no. And then she kind of changes it to yes and no. Then he asks Paris, like right after. And she pulls an Erica Jane. Do you remember in season eleven, I think it was, when Erica is asked if she divorced Garcelle asks Erica, Did you divorce Tom because you knew these lawsuits were coming? And Erica says no, but she's like, her head is nodding yes. And everyone was like, oh my God, look, she's like nodding, but then she says no. It's that exact same thing, except the opposite. So Paris is like shaking her head no, but then she says yes. And I don't even think she realized she was doing it. So she says yes, but then she looks at her mom and they both break out into laughter. So it's so clear that they're not surprised And that they've known that... They've probably always known that Mauricio was a cheater. I also think they both don't like Mauricio. I think the whole Hilton family is, like, happy to get rid of him. Because, I mean, God, like, Kathy is so taking to Morgan. She's like... She got a tattoo with Kyle and Morgan on her ankle. She shows Andy. Um... I mean, and look at how Kathy, every time Kathy's asked about it in interviews, they're like, do you think Mo and Kyle might get back together? Kathy's like, hell no. Like, like Kathy's done with that man. And I think that's the reason that Kyle might be able to actually, you know, have a relationship that is, I don't know, stable with her sisters. I think Mauricio was a big part of it. (coughs) Excuse me. Okay, so, related to Beverly Hills News, PK comes for Sutton on social media. So, basically, he posts a police report, and he highlights where it says the police observed a white male driver in the car, no mention of anyone else. And then he writes... Sutton lying about me when I've done zero against you and then doubling down isn't going to help your career nor are your Twitter squad. You are no Dorit nor would you get a first date with me let alone a second and he tagged Sutton in these by the way and then he says Sutton I have never ever said one bad word about you so why would you make up blatant lies to boost your career and then double down is why you're single. You ain't no Dorit love and don't be so picky. Listen, I'm all for PK coming back at Sutton. Like, Sutton's dishing it out, right? She said she heard a rumor about him in the car with another woman. She made the joke about him, like, oh, if Dorit can fall in love with PK, maybe I should be less picky, right? So she jabbed at him. He can jab back. I have no problem with that. However, I think he needs to be a little bit more careful because, first of all, like, have a little bit of self-awareness, PK. Like, he must know that Doreed is way out of his league in terms of appearance. If we're just going by physical looks. Like he he's gotta know that, right? And he's also kind of gotta know, and looks are not everything. So that's why I think like I've never even heard people like question them as a couple until recently like I've always thought they were good together as a couple cuz like she's kind of delusional and you know he's does a lot of stuff that needs a delusional partner to buy into I don't know if that sentence made no sense but you know what I'm do you guys know what I'm saying and I do think but okay all this being said do I think Dorit would have given PK a chance and fallen in love with him if he came to her and he was like, I don't know, a cashier at the grocery store? Fuck no. Okay, let's just be honest. That doesn't mean that she didn't actually fall in love with him, etc. But she was probably partly attracted to like his business savvy, his success, um, the social circles he ran in, like all that kind of stuff. The fact that he, like, knows celebrities and has managed people. Like, all that was part of it. So P.K. needs to be careful. Because I have a feeling that he's, like, in a house of cards that's about to tumble. And I don't think Dorit's going to be there once it does, if I'm just being honest. So he's like, you ain't no Dorit, love. Like, it's like, okay. Again, like, you you also need to have some self-awareness here, P.K., Like, I would have gone with a more, like, I know I was lucky to land Dory. She's amazing. But, you know, you saying that is rude. Like, really fucking rude. That would have been a better comeback. Because now it just sounds like he's coming for, like, single women in general. And that he's, like, putting single women down. And, like, saying, like, oh, women who are single are, they're just single because they're picky, right even which like mm, this show is you know all the fans are women and it's just it's laced with misogyny his comeback um it's just not it so in other news not related to Beverly Hills let's talk about uh sheena sheena just being shishu she doesn't know how to do anything else so she does this whole speech on her podcast where, you know, she talks about the the vacation that they went on, which was supposed to be Carl and Lindsay's wedding weekend. And she goes on and on about how it must have been so hard that this was supposed to be Lindsay's wedding weekend. And we're all here, like having a vacation and Carl's mom is there and she can't even imagine how hard it must be for Lindsay, like on and on and on. Okay, but you still went, Sheena. And, like, I wasn't even mad that Sheena went because, like, I I understood that Sheena and others had paid for this. So I got that. And, like, you know, Gabby went and Lindsay didn't seem mad at her and all that kind of stuff. However, I think they're actual friends. So I'm sure Gabby probably, like, texted Lindsay and they probably talked about it. So I think that's a little different. Um. You know, it does, It seems like Sheena's on Team Carl, to say the least. But anyways, she goes on and on. And then she says that she got this text from Lindsay and that Lindsay had heard from a few different people, five specifically, that basically that Sheena was talking shit and that she was making a joke at how about how next year at Bravo Con it was going to be her and Lindsay having to do the squash the beef thing that Andy, Andy makes people do because she came here on her wedding weekend on a trip. And that she was joking about that. The joke got back to Lindsay. Lindsay was hurt by it, texted Sheena, and confronted her. As Lindsay, you know, whether you like Lindsay or not, you have to give it to her. She is straight up with people when stuff like this happens. Sheena, so Sheena says on the podcast that whoever heard her say it must have taken it in the wrong way. And that there's no way there was five different people. There, it must have just been one person. And That they made it out like Sheena was trashing Lindsay. And Sheena explained it in the text, but says that Lindsay didn't respond. Okay. Listen, I'm going to have to call bullshit here for Sheena. Was Sheena on that trip taking pictures with Carl's mom? Having a great time. And we know that in the past she had a thing with Carl and... Hooked up with him and etc. So, do we know that Sheena has a proclivity for Carl and men in general over women? Yeah. If this was a one off, I could maybe take Sheena's word for it. But this is like Sheena's pattern for ten plus years. Sheena's still friends with all her exes. She still texts with like Rob, with uh, Shay, like. Sheena has this thing about being liked by men. Like, she just has to be liked by men. She's She wants to be in the boys' club so badly. Like, to the point that she will throw... She will do things that make her own best friend, alleged best friend, Ariana, uncomfortable. Like, it's just... It never ends. Every time I try to give Sheena a chance... And, like, I gave her such a chance. Like, I was so proud of her last season when she told off Sandoval and she seemed to go, like, hard for Ariana. But then even at the reunion, I noticed that she was already, like, I don't know. She was just already, like, a little too soft, in my opinion. Then we had the went and hung out at Sandoval's after party, at BravoCon, and now this. Sheena's just not a girl's girl, and she never will be. This is why girls don't mess with her. Okay? This is why, like, she has trouble, like, maintaining very close girlfriends. That, honestly, that's a thing. Um, So, in related, not related, but in Vanderpump Rules News... Tom Schwartz put out a little, I don't know, interview or whatever it was, and basically saying that Schwartz and Sandys is hanging in there, but that they're resetting and that they're in a bit of a rebirth. Okay, what the fuck? So I think what he's saying is that it's not doing that well and that they're going to be rejigging it because, but that's a bad sign. Because, like, why are you having to reset and rebirth something that was just born? It hasn't even been open that long. For how long has it been open? Like, a year? Maybe a bit more than a year? I, like, and they're having to rebirth it already? And he confirms that Tom and Tom, Tom, Tom is doing well, but, like, he has hardly any ownership of that. Oh, God, what a disaster. Um, also, Tom and Whitney Rose, Tom Schwartz and Whitney Rose were on Watch What Happens Live. I have to say, Tom Schwartz was genuinely flirting with her. I like, I know this guy likes to pretend he's all like shy and has no game. He was blatantly flirting with her the whole episode, even like at one point saying, like, he watched the episode where she was upset about her friend who died and he just wished he could hug her, and then they hug. And, it's very, and she keeps, like, looking at him and, like, smiling and laughing. And it was just very cringe because her husband was there in the front row. And I, I think if her husband wasn't there, those two would have been hooking up after. I'm just, you heard it here first. Okay. I think we might hear about Whitney cheating on her husband at some point soon. I don't know if it'll be with Tom Schwartz, but... I think Whitney's like, I think she's half out the door of that marriage. Um, In other news, Joe Bradley and Danielle from Summer House are dating. So Joe Bradley is from Southern Hospitality, which I don't watch, but I just wanted to share it because I know a lot of people do watch it. Um, They seem like a, you know, like a D-list Bravo couple. Like, I know, like, maybe Bravo stars are essentially, like, C or D list already, but then if we're, like, rating Bravo stars, and if we have, like, the A list Bravo star, you know what I mean? Like, A list would be, like, you know, Lisa Vanderpump and Kyle Richards and, like, Teresa Judah, right? And then, like, the D list might be, like, Danielle and, like, Joe (laughs) Joe Bradley. Sorry. It doesn't mean that they're not... Maybe they'd be C. Maybe I could give them Cs. Ooh, should I rate them all one day? Like, who's A, B, C, D? That would be fun. (laughs) I love rating stuff. Maybe that's what I'm gonna do for like the New Year's countdown. I was one. I wanted to do something like something for New Year's, like something special for like New Year's holidays that wasn't like a regular news episode. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm. It's on my list. I'm thinking about it. Okay, Leah is on OnlyFans. She's bragging that she, some of the pictures have been floating around, which like, I don't love that. I don't think like there's any reason to like shame her. I got the impression that a lot of people were just like, these look so amateur, but I'm kind of like, isn't that what OnlyFans is? Like, isn't it just like, I took this like selfie naked. I don't know. I thought that was what it was. Either way, who cares? Because she said she made more in one week than she did doing like a week of filming on Bravo, where she had to sell her soul. That's what she said. So I'm like, okay, but that's object... Sorry, not objective. That's subjective, Leah. Like, what constitutes selling one's soul is different depending on who you talk to. There's some people that if you talk to, taking a naked picture is selling your soul. There's, like, I don't think that, but there are some people who think that. On the other side, there are people who would say that, like, going on a reality show and, like, bickering with women about stupid things, like, whether saying the F word is bad or not some people would say that is selling your soul. Other people would say that's fluff. Who cares? There's, you know what I mean? It just depends on who you talk to. So I don't know. I feel like she's reaching here. And I think there's a little bit of like, I'm, I burned my bridge with Bravo and I hate Bravo and I want everyone to know that I'm fine without it. And that, you know, even if they did want me, I don't want them. Like there's a little bit of like, I wasn't fired. I quit. You know, there's a little bit of that happening. Um, speaking of disgruntled ex-Bravo ex employees, Bethany says that she was told that Nini had quote unquote scrubbed everything about her and them and their podcast off of Instagram. So she said because people kept bringing this up or tagging her, that she asked Nini about it. And then Nini said she was just cleaning up her Instagram, and uh, Bethany's like, oh yeah, a lot of people do that. They like to have a certain look, a certain aesthetic, et cetera. I don't think that's why, Bethany. Um, and then she's like, you know, some people don't even like to promote podcasts. A lot of people don't like to promote podcasts. You know, Nini's not on the payroll. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So you didn't pay Nini for this, even though, you know, part of the reason that she's on it is to talk about how she's been blackballed and been out of work for eight years or whatever and or however long it's been and you just admitted you didn't pay her okay anyways and then she's like oh they want to have a certain look and da da -da -da. I'm like I I think Bethany's dumb if she's falling for that because I really don't think that's what it's about but anyways um and then Bethany mentions that Basically, Nini told her that Bravo is not courting her and that, you know, she's not, like, talking to them about returning or whatever, which is, like, again, like, can you just let Nini share that? Like, maybe Nini wants us to think that. Maybe that's why she re-followed Bravo, and that's why she posted a picture recently saying she's the tastiest peach in Atlanta. Like, maybe she's trying to get more engagement on her posts. Maybe she's trying to like slowly, like maybe she has a plan in her head. Just because she didn't share it with you verbally doesn't mean that she doesn't have her own plan. And now you're ruining it. Like you're pulling the cover off because you just can can never shut your mouth. Um, then she mentions that she has thousands of texts from Andy where he's talking negatively about Nini. Okay, Bethany. I'm sure Bethany would never release them because, number one, I'm sure Bethany said just as many shitty things, probably, in those about Nene as Andy did. So if you're going to show them, Bethany, you got to show your text, too. That's all I'm going to say. Related to that, to Bethany and her podcast, Rachel Levis also has a podcast called Rachel Goes Rogue. Okay. And it will be produced by iHeart Podcasts and Bethany Frankel slash Just Be Podcast Network. Not surprised. She did this little preview saying that like, oh, you think you know it all? You'll be surprised by what she reveals. No, I don't think we will. I really don't think we will. Also, I won't be listening. And if there is anything of note, It'll probably come out in, like, the first episode, and I'll just hear about it from someone who summarizes it, because I'm definitely not listening. Also, she gave everything away when she did that two-part, three-part thing with Bethany already. Like, I'll still never understand why she did that. That was such a dumb business move, although I guess she is kind of dumb. Um... And who can listen to that girl's voice? Like, I can you imagine just listening to just her for 45 minutes? I find it difficult to listen to her for like 30 seconds. And like in the preview, her voice is like just as shaky as ever. Like she's just, it's just, you know, you know how they say people have like a face for radio? Like Rachel's like the opposite. She's like a pretty face with a voice that's just not good for podcasting or radio. It's just not. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about, to end off today, Real Housewives of Orange County. Because Alexis Bellino is allegedly, people are confirming that she's actually dating John Jansen and that it's not just like a friendship, according to a "Quote unquote source um, from at glorified gossip girl." So again, this is an anonymous source. I don't know if this is a hundred percent. We also found out that Taylor Armstrong is out, which is not surprising at all because she was pretty much useless and boring last season. And I just, like, I don't know. I don't find her to be a good, like, TV character. I didn't like her on Ultimate Girls Trip that much. I didn't even like her on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Like, she, of course, she had a compelling story because of what was going on in her marriage, but just on her own as, like, a personality, I've always found her to be meh. Um, There's, again, there's rumors that Alexis is in, but not confirmed. Although with all this John Jansen stuff happening... I, I could see it. it. It makes sense to me. Okay, everyone. So thank you so much for tuning in today um, and for your patience with my like, you know, 19th illness this season. I'm just, you know, I, last year I had a good, a good cold and flu season. I got like one cold and it was very mild and I was on my merry way. This year I'm not doing as well. I guess that's how it goes so I hope you're all having a great December so far and you are now in the know for everything Bravo I'll see you next time thanks for listening everyone if you enjoyed today's episode please rate review subscribe and share with a friend or a hundred friends whatever you want you can follow me on Instagram at the Bravo papers or for my Twitter roundups follow at bravo and botox if you'd like to support me please go to buymeacoffee.com slash bravo and botox for some much needed caffeine support and until next time keep over analyzing bravo